Welcome to the Back to the Bricks podcast. A podcast about sports, its impact on culture, and the stories inside and outside the lines. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we're two friends who tell it as it is. Jump in. We're going somewhere. Welcome back to the Bricks. We are excited to be back. Uh, we are going a little old school today. So we're we're flashing it back to Nick's picks. Um, if you ever followed Nick on that, I jumped on there a couple times. So that's what we're that's what we're rolling with today. So we're going to talk about college football and we're going to talk about our conference. Wild to say that, I know. We're going to talk about our conference, Nick, and we are going to do it from a positive perspective. So in this episode, we are playing college football. All right. That's just we're just we're just saying it up front. We're gonna play college football and we're gonna do it in the ACC. So that's we're gonna get after it this episode. We're gonna have some fun. Um we're probably gonna get after each other a couple of times based off it being our conference. And so we're just we're just gonna have a good time with this. So Notre Dame's in the ACC. And so I texted Nick and I was like, Let's cover our conference and he said, That's weird. And I would agree because it's weird to say Notre Dame has a conference. So Let's do it, Nick. Let's cover the ACC. Notre Dame's in it. Um, I got sleeper team for me as um, Pittsburgh. Um, Pitt is always tough nose. It's just who they are. It's the city they're in. Um, I have them, um, and I am scared at the fact that the Irish go to Pitt, just to be honest. Um, they always play awful at Pitt. Even going back to the days of Jeff Samarja, they have played terrible there. And so, Nick, you got any sleepers? Um for you, I know I have some more, but you know I'm hogging the mic, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some time here to talk about a couple of your sleepers. Yeah, two things. First of all, I think you've said Notre Dame to the ACC five times, and just to clarify, we're getting equal royalties every time you say that because you're splitting your TV money. Second of all, um, I agree with Pitt. I think you know you look at their schedule; they get Louisville at home, they get Florida, or they they get Notre Dame at home. Excuse me, they get NC State at home. I think they probably beat either Louisville or Notre Dame in Pittsburgh. Their defense is good enough. It's always the same thing with Pittsburgh. Is their offense competent? If they're competent, they'll, they probably win five, six games, which this year that's good enough to go to a decent bowl and, and make some noise in the ACC. I am, of course, going to go with the Louisville Cardinals as my sleeper team. I think a lot of a lot of people were high on them early in the offseason. Then a lot of things happened, and they kind of just fell back under the radar. Let us not forget we went from 2-10 to 8-5 under Scott Satterfield. Turned the program around. Mikhail Cunningham changed his name halfway through the season, turned it on, got things figured out in the in the pocket, outside of the pocket. Dude's a little Lamar, like they like to say. He's not, not on that level, but dude can flat out play a little bit. So I expect Louisville to be good. I think the schedule somehow got easier for them, which is really interesting. It got much easier with the realignment of the schedule with going 10 plus 1. But I still think they're probably anytime. Anytime Kentucky comes off, anytime Kentucky comes <laughs> off the schedule too, Nick, that has to help. Yeah, you know, actually, in the in the little stretch we're in, yes, I would agree with that. They they trounced us a little bit last year, but um, I I I would be willing to bet we end up with more wins than they do playing a conference plus one slate. So they're going they're going ten straight SEC games. That it's not going to end in any more than five or six for the for the Wildcats. So go ahead and sell Kentucky while you're there. But we'll get there in a few weeks. <laughs> Uh, but I've got Louisville. Who else you got as a sleeper team, Justin? Uh, I would have – first off, I'm going to agree with you on Kentucky, that all SEC is not good for them. But anyway, uh, I'm going Virginia Tech, and you might say the Hokies are – like how do you call them a sleeper? But nobody ever talks about them. Like nobody ever does. And part of it might be because they're like not the most glitz and glam team to watch ever. Like 
they're they're finally getting a new defense coordinator for the first time since the Ten Commandments, and so um, it's been a long time since they had a different defensive coordinator, and so the lunch pail stuff that I'm sure that's all changing. There was all the story of um, their head coach maybe taking a different job, and then all that kind of stuff playing into that. But they always just play everybody tough, and they always are. They're a they're a tough win. And when you lose to them, you like you know you had a game that day. Like every everybody knows when they've played VT, and so I their schedule sets up really well too. I mean they don't play they don't play Notre Dame. They, uh, they I mean they have to go to Louisville, which which you know could be a, could be a big game. They have to go to North Carolina, which you know we can talk about them a different time, but later in the episode. It, but they get they get Clemson at home the last game of the year regular season wise, which could be, I mean, that's, that could be a big game. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I just, I think they're a sleeper. Um, the team they that were, I am selling, we go ahead. Yeah. They were the hottest team in the ACC until the last week, last year, the, the second yeah. half of the season, the Hokies were the hottest team in football. They started horrendously for the second year in a row under Fuente. They were supposed to be much improved and they weren't early. And then they turned it on. They were a close loss from, to Virginia from playing Clemson, and I think they probably would have played Clemson better than Virginia did in um, in the ACC title game. But go right ahead, Justin. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, the team I'm selling, and I am not. I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I cannot be a Florida State fan. And so I am selling Florida State, and I am selling their stock really fast. So I there's turmoil down there with new the new head coach. What is going on? I mean, we don't. We I, we probably only know five percent of the story, and five percent of the story is crazy enough to know that that's there's something that's crazy down there. And then also, they always have so much talent, but they never do anything with it. And so, I think they're a lazy program. They rely on their talent, and they don't. That doesn't win anymore, you know. And so maybe new head coach helps with that. Maybe all that, but I'm selling them hard, and I I don't think. Like people were talking about them being a tough game for everybody on the schedule. I, they're a tough game because they have athletes, but I'm not so sure they're tough from the perspective of having of being like, oh gosh, we got to play Florida State this week, or we got to play them week whatever. To think that you got to be scared of that on your schedule. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking back to the professor reading the book in the stands a couple of years ago. I mean. Florida State it, right now is just a hot mess. There's nothing else to say. The seniors are on their third coach in four years. And, I, I, I mean, the more you look at Jimbo at A&M, again, we'll get there in a few weeks with the SEC. I mean, Jimbo's an underperformer. Dude can recruit the heck out of anybody else. But he, they don't win enough games. They went to one title game. They didn't get it done. And that's it, right? That's, that is what it is. They're not, they're, they underperform. And, I, yeah, like you said, we've had the, the COVID scandal of players saying they're not being taken care of than a player saying that they are being taken care of. And I don't know if that's just somebody trying to keep their roster spot or their starting position. But, I mean, we've had two or three just absolute clueless moments already so far. And, I I mean, I just don't know what to go from there. And I just don't trust Florida State. I mean, they start with GT, which is you never want to open with the triple option. You know that, Justin, especially coming off of this layoff and having players who are going to have to come in and out of quarantine. Triple option's not where you want to start. They go to Miami. They go to Notre Dame. They go to Louisville. I mean, I just – and in between those three I just mentioned, they play Carolina. So I, I think they probably lose three of, three of four there. I think they're a five and 
five and six team, six and five, five and six. Yeah, I don't know. They, I, I mean, they I'm did, they them. did, they did win a BCS title there before the playoffs right. started. So that's right. You when Jameis won, the, I knew that was wrong. when Jameis won the wrong. Heisman. Yeah, when Jameis right. won the Heisman, but then the next year he had the falling down interception. That's the classic meme of him throwing crab legs. Or that whatever, was against you know? Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Against Mariota, yeah. So they had that, but ever since that year, they've been overhyped and a disappointment. That year, they were they won like five games against teams that had a losing record by like one point. Like they were they weren't very good that year either. And so they've been overhyped for forever since that since they won the national championship. I think it was over. Was it over Auburn? I think I don't know. That's right. Our fans that are going to eat us alive. So. Um, That's we'll correct. See. I was getting uh, confused with the Cam Newton Auburn Oregon title game. Then it yeah. was Auburn. You're right. Auburn overachieving, getting to the game against Florida State, and uh, and uh, they rolled in that game. So that was that was that was Florida State's title. I apologize for that. But another team I'm going to sell, Justin, is North Carolina. I like Mac Brown. I like what he does. I like all. I like his culture. I like. I mean, he is recruiting again the heck out of anybody else, especially in the area, making um, South Carolina look funny in, in both of those states right now in the Carolinas, but. They're not ready yet. They have a quarterback who can absolutely throw the heck out of the ball. He's still young. I think you're going to see a little bit of sophomore slump out of him just because of the expectations. And again, their schedule isn't the hardest in the world, but you know, you, you look at at BC. I mean, that might be a tough one with Virginia Tech and Florida State on the heels of that. You do avoid Clemson, but you do have to end the season with at or with Notre Dame at home and then at Miami. I don't like either of those. The Notre Dame games on a Friday. I don't like. I just don't like the way it sets up for Carolina. And I think. I think you might even see what happened to Florida State a couple of years ago when they read their own press clippings and then they turn out to be not that good. They might just stop. And I think, especially in this quarantine age and this COVID age, except if players don't feel like it's worth practicing hard and playing hard, they're not going to. And so I think you might see a team give up, like like a North Carolina or a Florida State. Yeah, I mean, with North Carolina, is there? any more recognizable basketball and football coaches at the same university than there is in North Carolina. You know, you got Roy and you got Mac. Like, and they look the same. They could be brothers. So, you know, there's that too. So, I mean, I agree. I, I think I, I like Mac Brown. I always have. Um, I like what he does. And I think they're going to be a good, like a good program. But, I, I mean, I think last year, first year with a new head coach, like that could always be a flash in the pan. And it's nor you normally see in the second year that you struggle a little more just because, like you said, you have everybody talking nice about you, and that can go that that stuff is hard to to overcome with kids, you know. And so um, we'll see we'll see what they do. I well, not to mention, I mean, Mac Brown didn't have recent film, right? So we had no recent film on his schemes. He obviously he changed his offensive scheme. That's not the offense he ran at Texas. I mean. I think you're right. I think it's a flash in the pan. I think he got players to buy in. He changed the culture. He got them excited, you know, with the brand, everything. But you're right. You know, you, you've scouted them now. You have a year of film. You have a year on the quarterback. And I just think reality is going to sink in pretty quickly. But I do have a trivia question for you when it comes to North Carolina, and I think I'm going to set you up good for who we're buying here, Justin. Who allegedly was supposed to become the offensive coordinator under Mac Brown and then become the heir apparent? Do you know that? Scott Satterfield, so. Scott Satterfield, and that I hiring cycle. That. Yeah, that it. was that was the report. He is a Carolina kid. Come, he was at Appalachian State, obviously. 
he was supposedly supposed to go with Mac Brown and then become the head coach after a few years. And then Scotty got a phone call from Louisville and he said, yeah, I think that's a better option. So speaking of Louisville, Justin, tell me why you are buying the Cardinals. I just, I like what, I like their staff, man. And like, call me crazy, you know, talent does carry you a long way. Like it does. But like we were talking about with Florida State or some of those teams, like if you don't have buy-in and if you're not believable and your kids don't believe what you're selling them, it doesn't matter. But you can tell Satterfield is getting those kids to, to buy in. And we had Coach Mike on, and he – that dude is unreal. I mean, we talked to him. He's He was top-notch dude. Like, the, and they have some studs. I mean, the Cunningham kid is a stud. Like, if you look at what he did at the end of the year last year, I didn't until recently because I – I don't watch Louisville football. So I didn't see what he did until I looked at stats. I was like, geez, oh, Pete, that dude tore it up. Like, and he's coming back. He's got a whole nother year in that system. Like, and Satterfield's just going to make that system even more complicated to coach against. And so I think, I think it's setting them up. Now, here's one thing, too. Like, there's a difference between doing all that stuff in the weight room and all that stuff and doing it on the field. So I want to see how they translate that over. But I do like what they're doing. Also, I did not know until this week, listening to local sports radio, that Satterfield was considered for the UC job before they hired Fickle. I did not know that. So that's a little bit of uh, insider, not insider information. Probably everybody knew that but me. But I thought that was interesting that he was considered for that job. And you look at two guys who've been very very successful um, in those two guys. So that was kind of cool. Nick, um, I mean, you you know Louisville up and down. What's What's the... why, I mean, why do we think, love them? I mean, I think the offense is going to be good. I think the offense is top four in the conference this year. I think they probably are a better offense than Carolina. Nobody's saying that. I do think they will be. Their running game is going to be much improved this year. If the offensive line can make up for Mekhi Becton, which is a huge hole, don't get me wrong, that is a large mammoth of a man going to the Jets you know, in the first round. But I think if they can make up for that, if they can be decent on the offensive line, I think the defense is going to be competent this year. I'm not saying they're going to be great, but I think they're going to be competent. I don't think we're going to give up 35 every every game. And you just look at the schedule. I mean, if you survive at if you survive Miami at home and at Pitt, if you survive that two-week stretch early in the season, and then you go to Georgia Tech, little Friday night action, of course that sets up to then go to Notre Dame. They give you an extended week there, but I don't think anybody wants Friday night in Georgia Tech in Atlanta with a triple option on a short week. Not what you're asking for. That is off the buy. Excuse me. That is off the buy. So maybe that maybe that will help. I don't love the schedule is, is what I'm leading to there. I think if Louisville can survive early, maybe start at like 3-2. and two. That may not sound very optimistic, but I think if they start 3-2, and two, they might be in the race at the end. I mean, I think you look at the way that the ACC is doing it this year with doing winning percentage, and I think it's going to shake out a little different than what we're used to, right? We're not going to get that coastal team that's seven and five, six and six, right? They're not going to be making it to the old play or to the old uh, ACC conference title game that way. So I think I think Louisville will probably be in the mix at least early in the year. Um, but I, I do see probably three losses on the schedule. But I think three losses is probably the third best team in the conference, if not the second best team in the conference. So I love what Louisville's doing offensively. I love the culture piece. 
I mean, they've got some sick new black uniforms. Not that that makes you play better, but some guys, you know, get a little bit more hyped for that. You look good, think, you play good, man. Look good, you play good. And I think they might be a team. You talk about culture. I think the teams that have good culture might be able to play better without fans or without without a full stadium. I don't know why, but I feel like guys that know what they're doing have their heads on straight, don't need that electric crowd to get them going. And I just feel like Louisville's going in the right direction. And I think I've said this before, but I think this year, if Louisville wins, you know, with the modified 11 game schedule, if Louisville wins six, seven, eight, that's a success. It's year two. We don't have to immediately jump to nine, 10 wins. I think we'll get there in a few years, but I think they're headed in the right direction. I'm definitely buying them. I like them better than Florida state. I like them better than Carolina. And, and we'll see what Scott Satterfield continues to do in the Ville. Yeah, I, I would agree. You just, as long as you keep taking steps in the right direction, that's kind of like what, like with North Carolina, like they're, I'm selling, like we're selling them because of the expectations where if they would have like realistic expectations, I would buy that because like they're going to, if they just take one step in the right direction, that's a good year for Mac Brown, but everybody's stacking on these expectations and that's going to make it a bad year. Louisville, Nobody's really stacking on these expectations except for fans. So if you take a step in the right direction, that's a great year. And so it's just it's perspective. That's that's really what this whole thing comes down to. It's all perspective on what you're expecting from yourself and what the outside is expecting from you. Um, so I, this is no surprise who I have going to Charlotte um, to play to play in the championship game. Um, you know, we're going to be one and done. We're going to get it done. We're going to be in the ACC one year, win the whole thing, and then take our trophy and go home. So um, I'm in Charlotte. I got Clemson. They're, they're the best team in the conference. I mean, they, they just are. They, it's, it's who they are. They're, Trevor Lawrence is a dude, all right? He's a dude. He makes you really good. And so they're really good. Um, and I got Notre Dame. I just I I think I I know people think that the the conference schedule is going to reveal some things about them, but I think it's just going to reveal that 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 they're a pretty good football team. And so um, I know right now, like I said, we're staying positive this episode. Right now, you know, might not look good, but I I think they're a really good football team, and I think they're I think they're going to do things to get there. Um, Nick, who the who the heck do you have in Charlotte in the in the championship game? Yeah, I mean, I, I got Clemson. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. They don't have Louisville. I, I meant to throw that in there as well. As well, that's why some Louisville fans are hyping it up. Is you know we got to get to Charlotte. This is Charlotte or bust because we don't have Clemson. But we knew we'd have Notre Dame. Those kind of things. So the schedule sets up pretty nice for Louisville. But as far as Clemson, I mean, it's just there's not a whole lot there. I mean, they have Miami at home. They have Virginia at home. They're at Notre Dame. That's obviously the big one. Bye week at Florida State. I, there's just not a whole lot there. Virginia Tech, they had to end the, end the season there. That's an interesting game. Go ahead, Justin. Could, because of winning percentage and all that being the reason why you get there, could that Notre Dame game be like padded gloves for both teams? Like both teams don't want to reveal anything, so they're just like they're just going to play the most vanilla football game ever, and then everybody's hyping it up, and it ends up being not a very good football game because they're preparing for Charlotte. Do you think that is a possibility? I mean, unless Louisville beats Notre Dame two weeks before that. I, I think, you know, and, and I do, I think Louisville will compete in that game. We've talked about that before, especially with no fans in South Bend. I think that's going to be a really good game. Uh, but I, I think I think you might be right there. I think we might see some different strategy coming down the stretch. Um, and, you know, Clemson does that, right? Clemson, the old Clemsoning. I know we're a few years removed from that, but they, they always have that one game near the end of the year where they just kind of take the brakes off. And I think you're going to see that. 
I think you're going to see that this year with either Clemson or Notre Dame or Florida State or Louisville or Carolina, somebody who's going to get to the end there and have a game to work with and not really try to show all their cards. But but then that that get that makes me think, you know, I'd love to see it this this be the year that it, a conference gets two teams in, I think, like the ACC, I mean, and this is going to be your year to do it if you're going to do it. Two out of, you know, there's only three conferences. So if you can't get two in this year, then you're not going to. Uh, but all that to say, I've got Clemson. I think I'm going to go with Notre Dame as well. I just like the way that their schedule sets up. Again, it's all in the middle, right? It's all very middle and end. If they, They're going to start the year 3-0, and cakewalk. They come off a of bye week. They've got Florida State and Louisville at home, and then they go to Pitt. They go 2-3 and three there. Then they get to the Clemson game with one loss. And they might even be able to get out of that game and still go to the title game and play Clemson again. So I think, you know, I like the way it sets up for them. I hate to say it, but I think Notre Dame makes the ACC championship game, which is the weirdest thing to say. We're not talking about basketball. Um, that's that's not that unfamiliar. They're not running four days in the in the basketball tournament uh, from their like 13 seed to get to the title game like they like to do, um, shooting lights out. But yeah, Clemson Notre Dame, uh, which leads me, Justin, I'll, I'll set it up for you. Will two teams from the ACC have a chance to make the college football playoff? I think that if there was ever a year for two teams from the ACC, because we've seen it with the SEC, we've, you know, and I, I, I think that's the one conference that everybody's like, yeah, we expect it. But I think that the year for the ACC to get two teams in with is it's got to be this year. If it doesn't happen this year, I don't see it happening when things go back to normal, you know? And so I think they could, the the thing that's going to come down to is Clemson loses in the regular season right and they get to the conference title game and the team they're playing is undefeated let's just i don't know let's just leave it to unnamed team because i i mean that team's undefeated if clemson beats them obviously clemson is in but is the undefeated season and losing to clemson enough to get them into to get the unnamed team into the college football playoff or does the loss to clemson in the championship game get them knocked out nick in that hypothetical situation, what do you think? So it's really simple. You just put the names on the teams. So if Clemson loses the ACC title game, it is their only loss or their second quality loss. Clemson is in the playoff, and said other team, Notre Dame, is in the playoff as well. No. The brand hasn't necessarily worked for Notre Dame, and it's only not worked because there are real people in that room who have real memories of games not being competitive. It is what it is. We might see that with Oklahoma this year because, spoiler alert, I think I think Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12 again. Not shocked by that. They're probably not going to come out unbeaten, I don't think, just the way it sets up. But I think you might see that recency bias this year with Oklahoma as well where it's like, we don't really want to put, we really don't want to put Oklahoma in and get them blown out by the SEC's best team. But I think you will see that. And that's what happened last year. And But here's the issue, right? Clemson gets in last year as the three, plays Ohio State, and turns it on. They do what they do. When they have when Dabo has it, we've talked about this before, when Dabo and Nick Saban have a month to prepare, you're going to lose the game nine out of ten times. It just is what it is. He lost the one that he had to prepare on a week and a half, but he won the one where he had four weeks to prepare. It just is what it is. He's better than you are, X's and O's, across the board, whatever it is, when he has four weeks. All that to say, there is recency bias when it comes to Clemson. 
it's not in favor of Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame wins the ACC outright, Notre Dame and Clemson probably go. I'd have to agree. And can we all just get on board that none of us want to see Oklahoma in a college football playoff game getting beat 35 to nothing ever again? Like they have, what, four times? Hasn't it happened four times? They had one – Baker's senior been in year, it, they played right. – they've, they've been in every year. Yeah, that's right. Baker's senior year, they played a really good game against Georgia, and it's a classic. I'll give them that one. But every other year, it's been – it's been ugly, really ugly to watch. And so, yeah, the recency bias, and I, I'll be the first one to say it, it doesn't help the Irish either. And so I, I would agree. I think the Irish have to go undefeated in the regular season. They have to because if they have a loss and then they lose, the, they're, they're out. And so they have to go undefeated, and then that affords them, if they lose in the championship game, a maybe, depending on what everybody else does, right? But if they lose one in the regular season and then they beat Clemson, that's when it gets really interesting. And so, um, but you're right. Like if it's a if it's a, a Louisville there with the same record, does that do they get in? And sadly, I I don't I don't think they do. I I, I don't know or any other team. Like it's it's just you're right. It's the politics of college football and what your name is and if you're going to get in based off of all that stuff. Well, I mean, it is that Big 12 thing. The Big 12 has benefited from the we play everyone thing so far before, obviously, the COVID conference-only schedules because Oklahoma always wins the rematch. Now, they haven't gotten to that issue because Oklahoma hasn't lost. If When Oklahoma loses to the team they already beat in the regular season and then none of them get in, the Big 12 is going to change the format because it is what it is. But I will say Spencer Rattler, quarterback for Oklahoma, if you haven't heard of him, if you haven't seen QB1 on Netflix, the dude can absolutely light it up. He is going to be the talk of the town. He's going to be in the Heisman race as a, as a redshirt freshman. So there will be people who think Oklahoma is going to score 65 in the playoff. They won't. He'll throw for like 8,000 yards in 10 games. They play in the Big 12. They don't play defense in the Big 12. But all that to say, I think the ACC is decent. I think they're much, much improved from last year. I think we're going to see that, especially with just three of the Power Five playing. I mean, they have to get one in, surely, unless they all just beat each other up and all finish with three or four losses. I do think this is the year you see a team with two losses in the in the, in the playoff. It just is what it is with three Power 5 conferences. I'm hoping this is the year you might see a team like UC or Memphis get up there and really, for the first time, have a chance to run the table and make it into the playoff, knock on the door of the five or six spot. Probably not, but we might see it. But I'm just looking forward to football on the TV and people continuing to follow their their testing protocols. Okay, Justin, let's finish up with this. Liberty plays three different ACC teams. Does Liberty finish with more ACC wins than anybody in the conference this year? Um, no, I'm not taking that. You're not you're not baiting me into that one. Absolutely not. No, no. Put it. I, I'm saying it here. No. Just a roundabout way to say that Liberty and other institutions need to continue to follow the correct ACC guidelines in order to play ACC teams. And I, here's hoping that ACC and the Big 12 and the SEC continue to hold fast, keep testing, keep keeping their players in a bubble, doing the right things. And there's your ACC preview, Clemson and Notre Dame in Charlotte battling it out. Louisville will beat Notre Dame. You have it on the record. And we will catch you next week with another conference preview on the Bricks.
Thank you for listening to the Back to the Bricks podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, send this podcast to a friend, or share this episode on your Instagram story. We'll see you back on the Bricks next time.